This is a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com. Hello and welcome to the Fun Kids Book Club podcast. I'm Bex and this week you're going to find out what happened when I chatted to Judith Eagle all about her brand new book, The Pear Affair. Here she is. Hi. Now, welcome. You've brought with you your second book. I have, The Pear Affair. The Pear Affair. Um, so, full disclosure, I'm halfway through as we speak. So, no spoilers, please. Okay. It's very hard not to do that, but it, I'll try. It's tricky. I'm really enjoying it. It's it's a really fun mystery. Uh, you've got Nell right in the middle of it. She is uh, in Paris. Yes. And yeah. she's trying to find her old au pair. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about it? So Nell has been brought up by her really quite horrible parents. Her au pair pair was sacked, dismissed about five years ago. And every month, pair has written to her from Paris. And that's the thing that's kept Nell going because she's got a horrible life with her parents in London and at boarding school. But then the letters from pair stop and she wonders what's happened to her. And then one day she comes home from boarding school and her mum and dad are there horrified that she's there because they've forgotten it's the summer holidays and they tell her they're going to Paris and she thinks yes I will go to Paris and I will find Pear now so she goes with her parents to Paris she sets off to find Pear she can't find her alas but she does make friends with a whole band of children she discovers underground Paris and then she gets catapulted into a mystery even bigger that threatens the whole of the city so this is a really fun kind of mystery kind of adventure series um but also Nell's just a lovely character. She's yeah, great. I love Nell. There's a little bit of me in Nell. Is there? With all her plotting and planning and her map preparation and reading pamphlets and just getting to know everything about Paris. That's very much me. Because Pear as well has kind of taught her French and kind of prepared her almost for this in yeah. advance. She just feels so at home when she gets there. You know, yeah. she does speak perfect French mm-hmm. and she just feels very comfortable there. She loves the food, she loves the people she meets, the places she goes, mm-hmm. and she's, yeah, she's very adaptable. And also uh, her parents have shades of kind of um, Matilda's mum and dad, mm. I'd say, because they're just not very nice people they're at all. They're really not. They're quite Darlesque, that's true. They're called Melinda and Gerald Magnificent, and they are own a big chain of supermarkets, and really all they care about is the money that they make. They are not remotely interested in their daughter. Nell, who's actually named after Melinda favourite handbag so her handbag is called the Penelope Mm -hmm. and she's called Nell Penelope after that but she loves her handbag so much more than she loves her daughter yeah her mum oh gosh she's a quite a character she really is Uh, so tell me all about these underground tunnels in Paris as well that's pretty exciting yeah so there really are 180 to 200 miles of tunnels crisscrossing below Paris they've been there since the 13th century they came about um, when they were mining for limestone to actually build the city so the tunnels were a side effect they used them to transport the stone up above Um, so these tunnels are still there and they can still be accessed via secret manholes and through holes in basements and crypts it's illegal to go down there now apart from one tiny little area called the catacombs um, but I came across this story in the newspaper several years ago that I've held on to that really sparked my imagination. So because it's illegal to go down there, there's a special branch of police who go down there from time to time to make sure that no one's trespassing. And one day they were down there with their torches and they heard this awful, ferocious barking coming. What's that? Sounds like guard dogs. And their hearts were hammering and they were trying to sort of calm down these invisible dogs. And then their torches picked out a giant sound system and they realised that the sound of the dogs was coming from a CD. Oh. So they turned that off and they carried on walking and they got to this gigantic underground cinema. 
strung with electric lights using pirated electricity with a lounge, a dining room, a giant couscous pot, a toilet using water siphoned off from the Chocadero Gardens above. So they thought, oh, this isn't right. They get, came back the next day with representatives from the electricity board. Mm-hmm. Nothing was there. Everything had gone. And the only thing that remained was a little sign, a little note saying, ne cherchez pas, do not look for us. And I had this newspaper article and I just thought, I've got to write something around that. Yeah. What would it be like if children had a den below ground and it was their world outside of adult control? And then what would happen if someone tried to take that away from them? It's, yeah, it is a yeah. fascinating other world. Yeah. And there's so few stories about it as well. It's yeah. quite a quite original kind of idea. Yeah. So go, good to go there. Um, I also read in the book that you enjoyed writing about the food. Mm, I do uh, love food. Any particular <laughs> part of the book that you uh, most enjoyed writing? <laughs> uh, one of the characters, Soutine... He was inspired by a painting I saw by an artist called Soutine, who in the 1920s and in the 1930s, he lived in Paris and he painted lots of pictures of the people who worked in the restaurants and the bars and the hotels. And one painting is of a boy called Le Petit Patissier, which means the little pastry cook. And in the painting, this Le Petit Patissier looks so grumpy and cross. And I really thought, why does he look like that? Why does he feel like that? And that's where Soutine came from. So Soutine works in a boulangerie for with his dad and he is learning how to make patisserie and in one scene he arrives with these mifoy which are pastries made of thousands thousands of layers of puff pastry Mm -hmm. sandwiched together with creme pat and jam so that was a scene I really liked and then in another scene Zav and Nell go for a slap up meal in a restaurant called Chartier that also really exists it's cheap but it's really atmospheric it's got high ceilings and lots of mirrors and it's really sort of classic French with quite cross waiters and (laughs) the menu is basically steak frit that's it but um that's where Nell and Zav go um yeah I feel like I can use your book as a kind of guide around Paris I won't take a map I'll just take your book (laughs) I really tried hard to make it geographically accurate so I did do a lot of looking of maps and metro maps as well so that the reader can sort of follow you on the journey as they're reading the book because it's your first time here, uh, you have the honour of doing my author's quick-fire round of questions, if that's okay. okay. Uh, so, here we go, just to get a feel for what you're like as an author. Uh, books or Kindles? Books. Books. Every author says that. Heroes or villains? Villains. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? TV adaptation now. Again, that's a very popular <laughs> answer, yeah. Uh, Paris or London? Paris every time. <laughs> <laughs> Writing or reading? Mm. Mm, it's hard, isn't it? 50-50. Can I say 50-50? The it's two are pushed. entwined. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this might be tricky then. Uh, tap dancing or writing? Oh, I'm going to go for writing. Okay. I love tap dancing, but it's very, very difficult. Well, I find it difficult anyway. I can imagine, yeah. Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Narnia. Laptop or write by hand? Laptop. Roald Dahl or Jacqueline Wilson? Roald Dahl. Roald Dahl. Gosh, this is straight to the point. Uh, bookshop visit or school tour? Oh, that's a good one. I think school tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clara or Nell? Oh, that's so difficult. <laughs> Clara I'm, being one of your characters. Yes, from the last okay. Book, well, because she's more in my mind, I'm going to go with Nell at the moment. Okay. <laughs> I know it's that's a tricky one. Uh, do you write nine to five or when you fancy? I work. In, I write in the mornings because I work in the afternoon in a school library. Uh, Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? 
Paddington Bear, definitely. And finally, salt and vinegar or cheese and onion? Salt and vinegar every yes. time. Correct. <laughs> Excellent. Good answers and solid and straight to the point. I appreciate that. Uh, lovely. Well, Judith, we should say uh, the Pet Affair is out pretty much right now. Yes, yep. it is. Yeah. And everybody should go and get it. It is a really exciting kind of mystery and it's a really fun book. And uh, yeah, go and, go and grab a copy. Do. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. Now, we were lucky enough to get Judith to do a little reading from her book too. Here's a sneaky peek. Nell didn't go back to her room. She took the service lift down to the basement, a different world, all grey linoleum and glaringly bright light, and trundled the trolley through a pair of swing doors into a vast kitchen. The place smelled very faintly of butter and garlic, even though everything had been scrubbed to a clinical gleam. She stood there uncertainly. She wasn't sure where to leave the trolley, and there was nobody to ask. On the other side of the kitchen, a door swung shut. There was someone down here. They'd know. Parking the trolley, she crossed the kitchen floor and pushed the door open to find she was standing at the top of a flight of steps that descended to another corridor. For a moment, Nell hesitated. The stairway was not as brightly lit as the kitchen. What if the light suddenly turned off and she got caught in the dark? But then she heard footsteps ahead of her again, and almost without thinking, down the steps she went, along a brick-walled corridor and through the first open door she came to. The blast of heat was immediate, whooshing out in one great hot rush. She was on the threshold of a room that thrummed with activity. Huge copper pipes crisscrossed the ceiling, banks of dials were ticking and clicking. It smelled of wet dog and hot oil and was both suffocating and comforting. Everything gurgled and hummed. Nell stepped inside and then stopped short. On the floor, right in front of her, was a gaping black hole, and out of the hole stretched a hand. Nell squished her eyes shut and then opened them again. Was she seeing things? It was a hand, reaching up from the blackness, searching, grasping, curling, and then it found what it was looking for. A circular lid lay to one side of the hole, and the hand was gripping it, dragging it, bump, 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 across the floor towards the black hole, and then, clang, the lid was on. Nell stared at the spot where the black hole had been. She knew who that arm belonged to, clad in scarlet, with a flash of gilt button at the cuff. It was the bellboy, Xavier, who only a short while ago had been trying to teach her how to spin plates, and he had actually disappeared underground. There is a special thing we have if you're a Fun Kids Book Club podcast listener. We get authors to tell us all about their favourite childhood book, and this is what Judith picked. So I'm here with Judith Eagle. This is our special extra bit of the podcast. And this is when I get to find out what is your favourite book or what was your favourite book when you were little? I think probably my one of my favourite books of all time is a book called Emil and the Detectives by Eric Kastner. So I... I know of this book, but I've never read it. I don't know anything about it. Can you tell me a little bit more? Yes. So this book was written in 1929, so it's almost 100 years old. And it is about a boy called Emil Tischbein, who lives with his mum in Neustadt, which is just outside Berlin. And his mum is a hairdresser. His dad has died, so they're living in... uh, tight circumstances and uh, one day the mum suggests he goes to stay with his grandma in Berlin for the summer holidays and she's saved up all her wages and she gives him 140 marks which is what the German currency was back then and that's equivalent to a whole month's wages of a hairdresser. So he pins the money on the inside of his jacket pocket and he sets off on the train and on the train he meets a mysterious man in a black bowler hat called Herr Grundis and her Grundis gives him some chocolate and the next thing Emil knows is he's asleep and when he wakes up the money has gone. 
So he gets off the train in Berlin, never been to Berlin before. So it's really sort of, he's a country boy. It's really big and chaotic and full of strangers. And he sees her Grundis, Mr. Grundis, disappearing in the crowds. So he needs to get, he can't go to his grandma's without getting that money. And he makes friends with a boy called Gustav and 23 other German, the Berlin, children from Berlin. And they set out to capture the thief. And it's just a brilliant story, especially because all the children join together and work together and to overcome this awful man who's stolen the money. So was that kind of uh, a bit of an inspiration for your book then, kids coming together and working together? And It was an inspiration when I read it mm-hmm. uh, because I was completely captivated by this villain. And so I started to write lots and lots of stories of my own inspired by this villain. And it was quite good because I had a, have a younger sister called Lucy, who, although she was younger than me, she was always bigger and tougher <laughs> than me. But the one thing that I had over her was that I could write these stories about the man in the black bowler hat and all I had to say was the man in the black bowler hat's outside your window and I could reduce her to tears. Oh my goodness <laughs> you freak out your sister. Excellent. And my teacher Mr Marks in year six loved the stories too and he used to ask me to re- read them out to the class and on the last day before I went on to secondary school he said to me if you ever become an author will you dedicate your first book to me? So I just feel like Aww. Mr. Grundis and Emil and the detectives are all, they've really helped me um, become the writer I am today. Well, that is excellent. That is a lovely uh, explanation. Mm. Thank you so much. Thank you. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much to Judith Eagle for popping by the Fun Kids studio. Remember, if you've liked this podcast, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends all about it. And of course, go and read loads of books. I'll see you soon. Bye. So that was a podcast from the children's radio station Fun Kids. Listen on DAB Digital Radio across the UK or online at funkidslive.com.